0: Oh, the tables have turned. How the right. tables have turned?
1: How the tables have turned, bro. Chuck, looks. Smart. How the tables have turned. Like I said, a- you know what? Today, right? Every, actually, no, not even today. Every time that we've recorded, yeah, something's been off. <laughs> I don't know what it is, bro. I don't know what it is, but something's been off. Yeah. So I was watching back little bits of the content or whatever it was that I'd done with you. And I realized what it was. I wasn't dressed and prepared for the conversation. Um, So we decided this time around that there would be some changes today. Um, Not only me, Callum, I would like you to stand up and take a seat just very quickly. Um, Yep, that's what we're doing today. That's, you understand what I'm saying? We need to make sure that we're fully in this. Yeah? feels good. I love it. Feel good? Yeah, I feel great. Absolutely (laughs) sensational. Right. (laughs) urban finance how are you
0: i'm good man this is incredible listen you both look like hedge fund managers right like you're in the city right looks like we're about to drop some serious gems today well this (laughs) is it
1: and it it literally and it literally is always that bro firstly i want to say thank you for coming again yeah um i'm gonna do this as well yeah there's element of conversation that i'm not going to get into today Mm. because we've done it already so i'm not going to go through your history of where you've got like how you got here and stuff like that what i will say is yeah if you are just recognizing this face and you're just recognizing that voice you're new Yep, (laughs) you're very new there's a lot to go back and watch four episodes yeah we've done four four episodes um discussed a lot of different things and so today we're about to do exactly the same thing i think it's a perfect time to to discuss that but how are you feeling? I'm, I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm good I think it's been
0: um, it's been an interesting few months it's been mm. an interesting year I think right now the place where I am in my life I've probably got more humility than I've ever had I feel super humble mm. and that's coming from a place where I'm in good health mm. family are doing okay earning more than I've ever done before I've got more to my name than I've ever had you right. know I'm 13 years into 20 year career plan so from that aspect i'm good but equally the reason why i'm so humble is because i realize how quickly it can all be taken away right how quickly things can change and i think covid has kind of brought that on to be honest with you hmm. um you know and i think speaking to people out there whoever's listening or watching this today i feel like someone needs to just sort of reach out and just say that you're not alone a lot of people are going through a lot right now you know, mental health is huge at the moment and you know i think it's to say that I know the feeling of whenever you achieve something and you feel like you hit a stumbling block. Every Mm. time you get something, you run into a problem. And that's very normal. And right now, I think a lot of people are going through that. Something good happens, something bad happens. But in life, your reward for overcoming your last challenge is your next challenge, Mm. right? And money doesn't change that. So whilst we're going to talk about money and finance and everything else, I just want people to understand that money isn't the answer. That I think there's a lot of things inside you that has to be right first. You know, wealth has to be you know put right inside you before it can show outside you if you haven't got any money in the bank you can't spend it so it has to be done in the right format and in the right way so mm-hmm. I just want people to you know, reach out if you have to you know if you lose be great be gracious in your defeat 100%. you have to learn from these things and you know also learn to exist in your moments of defeat don't try and brush things aside too quickly but I think we're all going for a stage where we're learning and I just want to kind of you know say to people you're not alone I think we're all in this
1: together 100% I think like even for myself yeah, Hmm. the past year has been like, I feel like there's probably been an element of resilience in me that I didn't even realise that I had. So a lot of people that are closest to me may say that they already saw it, but I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. When
0: you say resilience, what what do you mean?
1: So like naturally, Hmm. when this whole thing happened, being a self-employed person and someone who's filming content and all of these type of things, yeah, everything stopped literally everything stopped for me and I was unsure of how the industry that I was in and that I'm involved in was going to continue to move Mm. so naturally there can be a little bit of panic in that because it's like I didn't have the safety net of you know maybe being furloughed or um or like being able to have like this you know this my my you know my company was going to look after me whichever way possible. Mm. Um, This was literally down to like, well, you know, trying to figure out how we can make the dots connect. Mm -hmm. So there was a day of panic, but then there was also, well, now, you know, what. I can't dwell on this now. There's nothing that I can, I can't change any of that. I need to just focus on the things that I can control. Do you get what I'm saying? We can still do stuff. We can still make things happen. And I think the fact that we have still been able to make things happen contributed to um, the people that I eventually started working with Mm. looking at what we were doing and saying, oh, okay, cool. Actually, maybe we could do that and maybe you can come aboard and do whatnot. And so I um, luckily... Um, benefited from that mm. and haven't taken that for granted whatsoever. Yeah. And, I've literally, and because I had so, I've got some, something so insane going on at home mm. um, privately, it's very difficult to go through something like that where you're seeing someone going through what they're going through yeah. but then finding the motivations to be able to, you know, get yeah. work done and do stuff. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying?
0: And, and I think that's important. The word resilience you use is definitely the right one. I think we have to accept the fact that, you know, whilst I might support what you're doing, everyone's in a different season of their life. Yeah, You might still be in summer, but I'm in winter, it's cold over here, but I'm still supporting you. But you have to understand that I'm perhaps going through some things that nobody knows about. Mm. You know, on the outside I'm winning, but inside I'm weeping and I'm fighting battles that nobody knows about. And you know, that has to be normalized as well. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, yes, we might exist in the same place and I support you, you support me, but we're going through different stages of life. I just think people need to embrace that. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, the challenge is that a lot of people preach about the promise but they don't preach about the process. Mm. And so you know people are expecting success that they've not been groomed for, and therefore they always feel disappointed when it never comes. You mm. know, someone messaged me on Instagram the other day um, and they said, why do you do this? Is it because you enjoy teaching people or, or is it because it's a side hustle? And it's a complex question. And I thought, do you know what? It's not because I enjoy teaching, but I wish when I was growing up, I had someone to give me a different perspective. 100%. Because I know that for some people, No matter how hard they work they will always be held back by their inability to navigate the social economics that works around them you know if you come from a a poor family or a low income family doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't mean that you're worthless but until you understand the rules of the game you're always going to be outplayed and the world is built to profit those who have something to lose so if you're an underdog the system is kind of set up to keep you as an underdog Hmm. so for me it's really about helping us to break that cycle right breaking the poverty premium and the poverty premium is simply the fact that we pay a lot more for the same things that everyone else uses Hmm. if you're a low income earner you probably don't have a lot of disposable income so when you run into financial problems unexpected bills you rely on credit you probably take a lot longer to pay back your credit because you haven't got a lot of disposable income Mm -hmm. so the likelihood of you defaulting missing payments etc is much higher when that happens your credit gets affected as we've spoken about in the past yeah now when that happens it costs you more to go and borrow more money in the future than it does for everybody else on top of that you probably live in an area where because of your postcode your car insurance costs more than somebody else across town facts so basically everything we do to survive costs us more and that's the poverty premium and that's what i want us to break out of so that's the reason why i do it it's more than education it for me it's a necessity
1: right what would you say um I would say personally and maybe even professionally have you learned the last year?
0: I think it's going back to what I said about the humility element that, you know, you can have everything go into plan. You can have all the things you've worked for and things could actually just fall away overnight without you having necessarily done something wrong. Um, And I think it's about also thinking perhaps to be content with what you have around you. Hmm. Because I think a lot of us are chasing things that, you know, we always assume the end goal will make us happy. But there's so much we learn from the process that, like I said, even if you take an L, learn to exist in that because that's trying to teach you something. Mm. And so I think that's, for me, that's the sort of journey I've been on in right. terms of just really understanding and appreciating what I have around me because there's no guarantee that when I get to that destination, that's going to replace anything I've sacrificed in the meantime. Right. So it's really making sure that every step, I'm looking for simplicity now in my life. You know, everything that I do, there are, simplicity, you know, there are simple elements in it that i can learn from i can grow from and that's what i'm seeking it's not about the complicated things anymore right because we're here today we're not here tomorrow and i feel like you know whilst you're here i would rather be effective than famous and so when you come on my instagram page you're going to learn something and i take you know i make no apologies for that hmm. so that's where I'm, I'm at at the moment
1: i like that one i'd rather be effective than famous that's a sensational one you're a private banker yeah. um how has banks been managing in the past year <laughs>
0: Do you know, I think the difference here is, and I think we touched on this a bit last time I was here, that fundamentally the economy wasn't broken before COVID hit. Mm. So I think for banks in general, on the private side, it hasn't been too catastrophic. The commercial side has been hit a bit more, and we'll talk about that. Um, I think because of COVID, we clearly know that customers have been affected, whether it's income personally or their business. And so on the personal side, it's more about maintaining risk management is more important now than ever. Trying to pick out the signs of people who are entering financial difficulty or, you know, there are situations that shows you that something's about to occur with this person's finances that needs to be taken into account. On the commercial side, I think because businesses have been hit so badly, trying to borrow money commercially has now been a challenge because those commercial banks have just retracted and said, you know, we're just going to focus on our existing customers and looking after those who need bounce back loans or COVID business interruption loans. We're trying to sort out our existing book before we consume any further exposure. So I think the commercial side has probably been hit harder than the personal side, but I think banks, you know, overall are doing okay.
1: Um, Someone actually asked, I was going to leave this till later, but because mm. you've just touched on it a little bit. Someone asked, what's your thoughts on loans to consolidate um, total debt?
0: So con- consolidating your debt, I guess it's, it's one of the ways that you can reduce your your outgoings when you've got a lot of credit cards or finance, which you know, is costing you a lot more than what the price of a consolidation loan would. So for example, if you've maxed out a few credit cards, you've got an overdraft you can never get out of, every month you'll be in charge interest in all this debt. Whereas you can consolidate all of that into one loan, which means you're making one monthly payment, which is going to repay all of those outstanding credit cards and overdrafts and things you've got at a fixed interest rate, which is probably going to be better off than you know, all the rates you're paying the credit card credit right. card interest rates are in the teens and 20%. Whereas a consolidation loan, you might be able to get something depending again, yeah. on your circumstance, you can you can get a consolidation loan, that's probably five, 6%, let's say,
1: right. So overall, it costs you less. Overall, it will cost you less. And so this is, not even, this is not even about COVID. That's just in general. Anyway.
0: That's just in general. I think that's just more in terms of practice and, and managing your finances. But you know, that's what consolidations um, are there for. It's yeah. to help you sort of amalgamate little pockets of debt that you've got scattered around, right. effectively just wrapping it into one and you pay all those debts off but now you have a loan over five years or whatever. I guess the difference is all those other debts might be short term. Yeah. Whereas once you consolidate it, you've now committed to a five year, six year, seven year loan. Yeah. Um, all those costing you less, I guess on a monthly basis, it really just depends on what the terms are. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a useful tool to use if you find yourself having so many different pockets of debt that you know, you're not really clearing off each month, that, that could just get rid of all of that. Right. The important thing there is once you've repaid a debt from a consolidation loan, don't go and start using that credit card again because (laughs) what you're doing is now you're increasing your exposure because now you've got, you know, the debt to cover it and you're spending on that card again and that debt's going to rise again. So Mm. effectively, once you've done that, close that credit card and move on.
1: Okay. Um, I think that, like, it's it's very easy and we do talk a lot about... um, you know like small companies and stuff like that that haven't yeah. been able to survive and stuff here yeah? mm-hmm. and that's mad unfortunate because a lot of businesses have been affected mm-hmm. by this but there's also been like a whole bunch of sec- sectors that's mm-hmm. thrived in it yeah, yeah yeah could you talk on that a little bit yeah sure so <laughs> i mean look there's all there are always winners and losers mm-hmm.
0: right um and some people have had a great crisis so you know covid who, who's who's done well out of covid they're the obvious ones Logistics, for example, how many times have you ordered online since COVID hit? Mm. Whether it's Amazon, whether it's you know Deliveroo, whether it's Just Eat, whatever it is, somebody who fulfills that order is the logistics company. Yeah. So for them, business has been absolutely amazing <laughs> over the last year. Yeah. Because that you know the, the need or the demand for that has gone through the roof. Yeah, yeah. But not just them, online marketplaces as well. So obviously Amazon is an obvious one of that. But anywhere we've got this sort of gig economy where you can go online, and you can book things, whether it's you know, there's an app called Fiverr. I don't know if you've ever yeah, heard Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about Fiverr. Right. So that's obviously popping off now because a lot yeah. of people are going down there and say, Oh, I need a designer, I need this. Yeah, I need yeah. That. So for
1: those who don't know, so Fiverr's a, it's a like a, like a, an app where you can, anyone that you need for something, they can, can do You can that. hire them to do anything. Anything, yeah. yeah Correct.
0: Um, or even that's a sick idea, ratedpeople.com, that's another, you right. know, sort of online marketplace where you go and you sort of hire people to come and fix things in your house. And yeah. so, you know, all that stuff is, you know, they've done really well. Then the obvious ones, technology. I mean, companies like Zoom, yeah. uh, Microsoft, you know, Apple, Google, you name it. All these mm. companies have thrived because everything has moved digital and is online. Uh, And then pharmaceutical. I mean, think about who's going to get us out of this pandemic. Think about vaccinations and things like that. So Mm. the pharmaceutical companies undoubtedly will make a gain out of this. So you have to look at those companies and that's the obvious ones. But actually, what about the ones that are going to come out of this well as well? So, you know, the cyclical type of businesses that have cycles that sometimes will go up, sometimes will go down. House builders, for example. I mean, do you think because COVID has arrived, we're not going to be building houses anymore. Listen, <laughs>
1: you know, it's, um, you know, my mum's my, um, my husband, my stepdad, he's, a, he's an electrician, mm. yeah, um, that's his trade. And I remember him always saying, there's always jobs. Yeah. There's always jobs. When you, if you, all you need to do is drive down the motorway and you'll see buildings yeah. getting built left, right and centre yeah, all yeah. over the place which then is all of these different trades contribute to those buildings being made. Yeah. So even in this period of time now, yeah. buildings are still being made. There's people in here. they've been in here building for like six years. Yeah. In here, <laughs> <I> <laughs> seriously. Mean, no, th- th-
0: there's a moral conversation about how contractors uh, yeah. stretch out their, yeah. What? their, <laughs> their, their mandate. Yeah, but, and yeah. they do that on the road. I swear they do that outside on yeah. the motorway. I mean road works is just- They that, proper stretch that, do that, That's a law upon themselves. But yeah. you're right. So you've got to think about those industries as well. That fundamentally, these industries will come back strong. You know, people who provide tools. How many people have been doing DIY since lockdown? Mm -hmm. So if you sell tools, I've got a client who sells tools and his business has rocketed. You know, people Mm -hmm. ordering whether it's hammers or screws or toolboxes or whatever it is. And all those small things add up because everyone's got more time on their hands now at home to try and walk around and fix things. So you've got to think about those industries for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Honourable shout out to all those who've like, just used their initiative. Because I think that, like, even then, even then, mm. there would have been, and what you just mentioned there, where you were talking about, like, doing the DIY stuff and that, yeah. Mm. In this time, there would have been a lot of people who just would have thought, but prior to that, thought, that's not me, I can't really build nothing, I can't really do, <laughs> and then you do one thing, and then you Sit. now start feeling like you also want to do loads you of different taste things. Yeah, get Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah 100%. Um. So so much, so much talk here about mm. investing now. <laughs> and I feel like we've covered it yeah. in every time that we've been here. Mm. And it's so weird now to sit down and, and notice that investing has been such like topic of conversation yeah. um, recently. Yeah? Um, I what? guess the first place I'm going to go with is where, where should people ultimately be looking at um prioritizing saving or investing
0: i think it's, it's two different questions really right um because i guess going back to the point you were making around there's so much talk about investments right now yeah right, so let's let's talk about that because you can't avoid it wherever no. you look um someone once said that the stock market is basically a graph of how rich people feel <laughs> when it's going up, they're happy when it's going down, someone's pissed off, right? Yeah. And historically, I think the concept of investing has always been um, exclusive to the rich club. You know, those who are uh, experienced investors, those who have a lot of money, they've got advisors who can invest their money for them. I think what's happened really in the market is that fintech, so financial technology, all these disruptor companies that have come in have now made it accessible to everybody. So Wall Street is now Common Street. Everybody can access the markets, right? Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, there's a lot more opinions about what makes the market move and what's going on with it. So every time something happens now, there's more than just one opinion. Of course, you've got the professionals who do it for a living, but now you've got the retail casual investors who will just put a thousand, two thousand pounds onto the market and see what it does for them. I think that's what's really brought about so much conversation leading to, you know, what's happened in recent days around GameStop, and I'm sure right. we'll come onto that later. Yeah. But there's now accessibility for the mass market, so it's no longer just an exclusive club of the investment managers who can look at it. Everybody can technically access it. But what you have to understand is, with the stock market, it's fundamentally built on speculation. Right. There are no guarantees with the stock market, which is why you know rule one of investing is that your capital is at risk. Hundred percent. When you put your money in the stock market, all these you know all these years that has been around, it's purely people just speculating. That I think. This stock would do well, that stock won't, and just building strategies around that and making money off it. So I think for anybody who's looking at the stock markets now based off the hype, I think you just have to let the dust settle. Don't don't act on impulse because the stock market isn't the place
1: you go to for quick change. Don't act on noise. Don't act on impulse. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, you know, there's. I noticed that like, mm. and I, I guess we'll get onto that a little bit later. Yeah. But you know, just before we record this pod, um, Dodge Coin was like everyone was just talking about it. You went online, went on Twitter, everyone's talking about dodge, 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 dodge. Now everyone's, everyone's getting onto it. Yeah. What ends up happening, it just dramatically drops. Because then you've got people that are like, quickly in, quickly out, quickly yeah. in, quickly out. Then, you know, you put all that money in and then literally within one day, it drops by 50%. If you don't have the stomach, if you don't have the stomach to see that, it's a problem. <laughs>
0: I, I, I couldn't put it any better. And I think that's the bit that, When you try to communicate it to people, they always seem to think that, oh, you've got something against this, or you've got something against that. You know, a lot of people ask me about Bitcoin and I've always had a position on Bitcoin. And if it's not favorable to what people want to hear, then it's like, oh, you don't like Bitcoin because you just think it's this or the things that. The truth is when you're investing money, don't ever invest money that you are not capable of losing. Mm, Because like I said, there's no guarantee it's coming back. Mm. The problem now is if you're acting on noise, you've got, you know, an even enhanced risk that you're putting money into things that you don't understand. Right. And if people are manipulating the market to get the share prices up, then fundamentally, if it crashes, it's going to fall pretty hard. Yeah. Right? So I think you just have to be very careful. So all my principles remain. Before you invest any money, think about how much you've got to put away, right. what your time horizon is, how much risk you're willing to take. Once you answer those questions, it will help
1: you get close to where you need to be. 100%. At the beginning of 2020, Yeah. Yeah. That was when like, before the beginning of 2020, mm. honestly, having conversations about the stock market for me was as good as two people having a, a conversation, talking Mandarin. Yeah, It like was something I wasn't, yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. to the point, yeah. Mm. I didn't even watch Wolf of Wall Street. Cause okay. I thought, I just thought, <laughs> brilliant film. Oh, it's it a, a sensational great, yeah, 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 one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know what it was yeah. yeah. I just yeah. thought you know what it's gonna be a movie about something that I just completely do not understand. Yeah. I do not have an interest in it or right. whatsoever. So I pull it off. Yeah. I, w- I only just watched it recently actually, okay. and it's an yeah. absolute. It's one of my favorite movies. Like it's so fun good. Coupons. Huh? Ah, yeah. fun, fun coupons. coupons right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at the beginning of the year, certain people that I was that I'm close with mm. were like talking about it a little mm. bit. Like they were just talking about, it and I was just kicking back and just listening. And then um, lockdown happened, sitting down listening or whatever. And then I was hearing like about the the Tesla stock going yeah. all the way down, whatever. And so I was hearing it. I wasn't really paying too much attention to it, but I was still open to, because I, I, then I started to understand, oh, this is a game. Yeah. You know, it's it's a game. It's Yeah, There's there's a, you know, there's not much science to it really, but there's a game that's mm-hmm. going on, yeah. Mm. And so I never really saw it like that. And it was only until I saw like someone that I know did just like benefited massively from the Tesla thing because he went in like literally just before lockdown. He went And actually just as lockdown happened, when it completely dropped, he went in with a sizable amount of money with the mindset of, in a few years time, Mm. I feel as though I'm going to see something from it. In a few years time. So he was prepared for it to, to dip even lower. Sure. But he... He believed that it was going to go up. Yeah. It ended up going up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. ended up getting a, a really big win from it. Mm-hmm. You know? um, Honourable shout out to him. And so then I started to just have a little bit more look into it because I was more, I was attracted to the game aspect of it. Right. Um, maybe more so because I was none the wiser before. Do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I was none the wiser. So then like I started playing around with it a little bit. Um, I downloaded an app and then I was like there's a, an app where you can just have practice money and stuff yeah, yeah, like that yeah, yeah. demo yeah. accounts right Yeah. but then I started watching conversations with like people that had been doing it for a long time mm. and all of which said exactly what you was talking about mm. just there where you was talking about like it's not a guarantee yeah. be prepared to lose yeah. you know um if anything, maybe put five percent of something as opposed to fifty percent or seventy percent or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um. And then my thing was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a punt, mm. but I'm gonna do it more for long term trades. Yeah. So instead of now, but bearing in mind at this point, there's no noise at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. people that if you know, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna spend. Uh, Excessive amount of time Doing a hell of research Okay I'm not just going to put money Into something That I don't know Anything about Mm. I sat literally I tell you bro I've sat I've spent hours Upon hours Upon hours Looking at one company I love that Looking at one company And then putting A little money in And saying to myself You Mm. know what Mm. The question I asked myself was Mm. Over a period of time Say let's say Four years time Or three years time Mm. Could I afford to lose this money so let's just say for example a thousand pounds let's Mm. just say for a thousand pounds over a year yeah could I afford to lose a thousand pounds yeah Mm. I could over a year I could Mm. could I lose it in one day or two days Mm. or whatever Mm. that's a different conversation yeah Mm. but I'm looking at the money that I've put in and I'm Mm. saying over three or four years time Mm. could I lose could I would I be okay with losing this money Yeah. yeah yeah But if I look at it in three or four years' time or one year or two years' time and there's a, there's a win in there, then you know what I mean? Then, <laughs> then we're all good. But I think yeah, that yeah. the worry is, is that because there's so much conversation about this, people are literally just getting the little piece of money that they've got and throwing it into something that they have no idea about. Yeah. And
0: if they've listened to any of our previous conversations, I've said this every time I've been here, that if you're looking at the stock market, it's not a place for quick wins. Right. It's a place where you go and you put money into with a plan and a strategy. And like I said, I think in the past, investments were only sort of reserved for a particular, you know, part of the population. Whereas now, your mother could have an investment account, your grandparents could have one, your little cousins could have one. Anyone who's of legal age can effectively have an account to invest with. So it's open to everybody. And now you've got all these robo-advisors, all these sort of online things where you just basically scroll along and it tells you how much you put in, how much risk you're prepared to take and how much your likely returns would be. You're not taking any advice on this stuff. <laughs> you're simply just doing it all self-service to a degree. Yeah. And so there's nobody there to stop you from you know, taking a decision that's perhaps going to be at your detriment. So you, I think the process you've described is exactly the way you should approach it if you need to investing. Yeah. Take your time. Right, take your time and research and look at the stocks you want to buy. Think of companies that you like, companies you're fond of, companies that you believe in and buy a stock.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And hold it. Yeah,
1: hold. <laughs> right, hold um, it. I think also it's it's important to note, yeah, that like the quick wins that you get mm. from that and the quick wins that people um, are getting from that, from my experience and from what I see, yeah, yeah, are people that are very experienced in this and are spending a lot of time yeah. doing research and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they might just be doing day trades. There's a there's a there's a there's a a WhatsApp group that I'm in, which has got like some experienced traders. Someone um connected me in it, and I just watch mm. what they what they're discussing and talking about. Mm. But they put so much so much hours, so much time yeah. into what it is that they're doing, and they it's like that's a job to them. Yeah. So it's very difficult for anyone mm. to look at someone who actually spends you know a, a sizable amount of time doing that yeah. and then you looking at yourself and saying oh well you know what if you put you know five grand on this and made you know um, ten grand in, in a day I can do it yep uh, mm. yo the likelihood is, is that if you do not understand this, you're going to lose that money very, very quickly. By the time that you've heard about the stock- It's yeah, too late. It's too late. <laughs> by the time it's trending on, t- uh, by the time you see someone pull it on Twitter- It's too late. Or Instagram, it's yeah, too late. It's too late. And, and look, this is,
0: again, the principles of investing is all about the knowledge and research and the information you have before you put any money to work. Right. And if, if you've been doing this, you're not waiting for the hype because you will already be well informed about what's performing well, what's got potential, or what's about to be the next big thing. So I think, you know, I can't put it any better. I think it's amazing that you've now started this journey. And it's funny, because recently, I've been getting a lot of messages from people who've been watching our conversations over the years and saying, oh, you know, I've been doing this. We first start talking about credit. I had a message the other day from someone who said, you know, two years ago, they watched our first conversation and now their credit score is 999 and Experian because they listened to that and they've changed, you know, their Mm. sort of habits and they've also started investing. And I listened to that and I think, well, there's somebody who's sort of doing things chronologically in a manner that's going to basically help them. So, you know, if you've got a lot of debt, but you're trying to save or invest at the same time, that's perhaps counterintuitive because on one side, you're being charged interest on debt that you owe. And if you're just saving money, sort of in a normal savings account, you're probably not earning any interest. And so it probably doesn't make much sense. So a lot of the time when you sit down in front of an investment advisor and they say, right, you want to invest, but you have a lot of debt. They say, should you think about paying off your debt first before you go and invest money? Because perhaps all the gains you're making on one side, you're losing by the interest they're charging you on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think there's a process in which you have to go through, but ultimately it comes down to you making sure that you're taking informed bets Because that's what it is At the end of the day But at least The more prepared you are with it
1: The better your chances It's all about due diligence 100% It's all about due diligence It's like You If you're going to put your money Yeah um, Investing in a company yeah, whether you're doing it for a short-term trade or for a long-term, mm-hmm. you should want to know a lot about that company. Yeah. You should want to know about the CEO. You should want to know about the money that they've made, the money they've lost. Um, you should want to know the in, ins and outs of that company. Yep. Um. Just he- just knowing about it or hearing about it or whatnot, it isn't. It's not enough, and it's you're putting yourself at more danger. Um, by by doing that. Um. What's your thoughts on What's your thoughts on um, the cryptocurrency?
0: So, cryptocurrency. I mean, I think it's something we we're, we're not going to get away from because it's the new craze, and I think that has come at the same time as the accessibility of the retail investors getting access to the market as well. So, the the obvious one of the cryptocurrencies is the Bitcoin. Yeah. And so, th- let's just kind of look at the origins of the thing because I think there are certain elements of it that for me. Um, causes some issue and it has nothing to do with the asset class itself because like i said even the stock market is fundamentally based on speculation right right? so that you know there's no sort of commodity that's hedged against it to say that you know this is guaranteed there's nothing guaranteeing bitcoin or the stock market to be Mm -hmm. fair but 2008 is when you know sort of bitcoin came about um and the founder of it who i'm not sure if he's ever been formally identified whoever created bitcoin is still a bit of a mystery There's a guy who claims it was him, but we don't know for sure, right? Uh, 2008, he put out a paper, a white paper, which basically talks about uh, a solution to digital currency, to basically counteract what we call fiat money. So fiat money is by decree legal tender. That's the paper money you and I have in our pockets, Mm -hmm. okay? He had a solution to counteract that. And the reason being is because fiat money is, is basically controlled by governments and banks so they can tell you what's legal tender and what isn't legal tender they can produce as much of it as they want and you know obviously if they do too much of that it causes inflation yeah. it reduces the buying power of your money etc but the people behind bitcoin or cryptocurrencies were thinking no we want to take control of this now we want to decentralize the process we don't want banks and governments controlling it we want to set up something a peer-to-peer money transfer system that means I can move money from my pocket to yours without it going quote through a trusted third party and that's the bit for me that you know sort of raises an eyebrow so why are you so intent on removing any trusted parties now i guess you know there are reasons (laughs) you could say it's because you know the, the commissions they charge and the amounts that it costs and all the due diligence and all the extra hoops you have to jump through for me to send money from my current account to your current account so they wanted to get rid of that completely now that wasn't the first time they had tried digital currency i think a lot of people previously had tried digital currency but the problem they were coming up with is something called double spend. So if you've got a digital currency, it's effectively a computer with, you know, a folder in your computer that says, I have a pound. What stops you from copying that pound and making a million of it? So rather than a pound, you now have a million. That was the double spend issue that previous digital currencies had. And nobody could solve that issue unless they involved the banks who could then regulate it and make sure that people weren't duplicating the money that they said they had in their digital wallets. So Bitcoin was the first one to actually solve that problem by using... Um, you know, the, the, their ledger system, which effectively makes sure that they record every trade that happens with codes uh, so that nothing could be duplicated. Right. And that's why it really got steam. So people had been trying before Bitcoin came along, but that was the first time really that they were able to address the double spend issue. And the rest of it really is just that like any other principle, it's just speculation. I think what's really caused crypto to rise in recent years is now the fact that institutional guys are getting involved right whereas before it was just the private individuals sort of taking a punt on you know yep i think this is going to go up or down but now you've got you know pensions and you've got schools and you've got people actually
1: buying into this currency as well so it's obviously the demand is driving it up what wouldn't you say that's isn't it almost the same in some senses with the stocks and stuff though because like it was like corporations That have sort of come in yeah. And in some way Maybe commercialised it Or did whatever they did with it mm. Which has then dr- Driven the value of it Up mm. high um, See like And maybe I'm taking A conversation somewhere else But like See like even with stocks Yeah Wouldn't you Like s- essentially Say alright cool Right I have the intel mm. Of Well I have a, I have um, I have connections With a certain industry yeah, Yeah mm. Alright cool So this is what we're gonna do Right Boom I'm going to tell you, I know where put you're going your with money us. here, yeah? <laughs> put your money in this, and then I'm going to go and tell this yep. influencer or whatever, yep. talk about Tw- that, Yeah. and then when they talk about that, it drives it all the way up, boom, the percentage is increased, if you want now you can sell, you've made eight, 900% on the money, boom, 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 and then now you're good.
0: Market manipulation, Chucky, right. that's exactly what you've described there. So yes, you're right. I mean, there's an argument in that, and I think this is part of the, what's been recently happening with GameStop, where people yeah. are, you know, quite angry, at the same. well, why are you stopping? And we'll talk about that in a moment, just yeah, to kind of yeah, fully explain idea. that. Yeah. But the market manipulation element here is that, yes, I mean, technically there are, you know, un, unseen hands or forces at play here, which perhaps drives, you know, the prices of stocks or commodities up and, up and down. And, down, yeah. right? and we will never know that. But, you know, if you, like you described, are the owner of an institution and you've got links in the media and you want your share price to go a certain direction yeah. you're going to start feeding them small things here and there and right. oh by magic all of a sudden everyone wants your stock yeah. right but i think with bitcoin the reason why there's still a lot of um tension with it is because it still isn't regulated right? right and as you can imagine the big players in the financial institution they've had a certain way for so long it's all centralized now you've got this new player who wants to decentralize that process. So there's no backing. There's no government who's going to back this currency as it stands anyway, right? So as a result of that, they're saying, well, there's an unknown risk here. And the fact that they set out on their white paper in 2008 to say, we want to remove trusted third parties, it always sort of has a, an illicit undertone of the, the dark web. And well, why would you want to remove any sort of trusted third parties in the process of doing this? I mean, I don't know if you know, but the first, um, do you know what the first Bitcoin transaction was
1: used for? Oh, wait, trivia, <laughs> I swear I know this. I swear I know this, because I saw it the other day. Mm. I saw, I actually saw right, okay. a screenshot of it. Yeah. Oh, Adam, you know? I can't even remember. I've been told it before because I watched a video on it, but I, yeah, I can't yeah. remember the life of me. I'll never remember though. Yeah, I just mad because I literally just saw it just recently. So I'm it gone. was 2010 and it was to order two pizzas.
0: That's the one. <laughs> That's it, yeah. For yeah, 10,000 yeah. Bitcoins, yeah, yeah. right? Jesus, 10,000 bitcoins. If, if the recipient <laughs> of that 10,000 Bitcoin has Still, kept it.
1: What? Fuck. Mad. Me. Two, gone. 200 million? Yeah, it's gone. If they've kept it. Gone does what they done it. with it. <laughs> yeah, but right. likely, yeah. the likelihood is they could have sold a lot of them and kept some. Because I know some is, people that were like, yeah. had bought really early.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then when it went up, they mm. sold, but then kept. they've kept a couple in because they just feel like, or well, yeah. more than a couple. but. They just feel like if it goes up or they lose it it doesn't matter because essentially they've, they've they won because they got in so early, yeah.
0: But yeah, so I mean I think that's the friction with Bitcoin still. Uh, the fact that, you know, it's unregulated and, you know, the mainstream, the centralized processes don't recognize it as being, you know, legal tender, if you like. But then that's what it was built to counteract. Mm. So, you know, the the people, you know, the founders and the people who are invested in it clearly are buying into that element and that's the future direction. But ultimately, there is, I think, 21 million Bitcoins left that can be mined. And once that's done, that's it. Then Yeah, there's no more. So, you know, at some point, it's going to become a commodity. Something that you know, like gold, for example. Right, you hold and then that can it. obviously drive it up more. Though. That, right. that could, yeah. I, I guess. The, the The secret is what happens between now and then. Right. Because when it when Bitcoin tanks, it tanks. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's it so, goes yeah, it's, it's so volatile. Yeah, it's when it mad. tanks, it tanks. Yeah, yeah. I and got a couple still. I ain't okay. got no Bitcoin though. Right, you got some crypto. Yeah, I mean, there I got, is, there's I there's so many different types yeah, of cryptos. Yeah. But Bitcoin's obviously the the Bitcoin's big one. The,
1: the, yeah. Um, I ain't got that, but like again, I got that. the The app's not on my like. I just. I did what I did and I left right, it there. Right, Do you get what right. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't plan on checking that I'm for a long it time. Too often Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, again, because even that, you know, you have to. This is so key as well. Yeah, you have to have the stomach for these type of things. You know, because of how volatile it can so, be. So
0: I think Bitcoin should be thought of as an alternative investment. Now, you know, some people will have it oh. as a mainstream investment. Fine, that's up to you. If that's your risk appetite, yeah. cool. But as an alternative investment, then it's on the side. It's not it's not the main thing. So if it goes down and it crashes completely, you're okay. And I think that's you know, so there's an element of people trying to protect the, the the common denominator, the average man in the street, that look, you have to really understand this is a very volatile stock. But if you're going to put all your eggs into that basket then on your head be it. <laughs> like you yeah. have to fully accept that yeah. there's no government or any you know centralized process that's going to save you.
1: Yeah. Um, and that I think is the key. And and not even to put anyone off, but I think another thing is is that like is that same street principle. Mm. Easy come, easy go. There's no there's no um, there's no quick get rich. Sk- like I know people <laughs> want that, and I get it. Like we're in that climate now where it feels like things are scarce, isn't it? Yeah. But there isn't that just get rich thing like that. No no,
0: no doubt there'll be people in your comments who swear by
1: Bitcoin. And there's
0: nothing wrong with that. Mm. Of course. But I think, you know, I have a responsibility to perhaps speak for more than just those who have a high risk tolerance. And there are people who don't have that high risk tolerance who will follow your lead. And sometimes it's not you leading, you're misleading. And so you just have to make sure that everyone's fully aware of the risk they're taking. 100%. Mm. So this GameStop thing. Yeah. Like what, what was that about? What was it about? What was it? Good, good question. I guess, let me explain the mechanics behind it right. <clears throat> because that will make it clear in terms of how it got to where it got to. Okay, so let me use a, a real life example. So give me the name of a guest that you have on the show who might come on here and say something outrageous. Poet. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, hold
1: well, on. That's a bit of a discreet. You can't call him right, guest. So look, <laughs> oh, he's not a guest. Yeah, he's not of course. a guest. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, that's no, but of course, probably, that's, yeah. No, no, I mean, famous. but he's part of the All show. Right, so, yeah, he's we part, we of, the part of, of the outrageous story. though, that's for Dan. We, we can leave that. Let's see, i the that his family. Fine. Yeah, so, okay.
0: Yeah. So by the way, Poet, this is just for illustration purposes. I'm not- a, Oh, I'm should we take similar. him out because he no, can no. be funny? <laughs> okay. All right, let's do another one because he'll okay. get funny. He's, okay. He can be like that. Um,
1: okay. Who's someone else that I've had on that has outrageous, um, just say a name, random. Look, we can stick with Poet. poet. Let's, let's right, <laughs> go Dan. Let's say Dan. Let's say Dan. Because Dan's got the perfect Oh, yeah. Let's song. say Dan. Yeah, yeah. Dan's Just you. Yeah, yeah, say yeah, Dan. Dan, yeah. Dan, 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 Dan. Okay, so uh, Half Cast Podcast is
0: owned by Chucky Limited. Right. That's the business, right? And business is doing good, right? The viewership is good. Subscribers are good. Good content. Everyone's happy.
1: Chucky's even wearing a
0: suit now. Chucky's even wearing a suit. Good. So business. It's got some though. Business is good, right? I pay myself yet. But, Callum's yeah. an investor in Chucky Limited. Right. Right? So Callum has um, 100 shares in your company uh, and is a pound a share.
1: And okay?
0: he's also so, wearing a suit now. So and he's also wearing a suit. Very good. <laughs> so, you know, his stocks are doing well, yeah. right? Okay, but that's the setup. Okay? Yeah. You've got a half-card podcast owned by Chucky Limited. Mm. Callum's an investor. He has 100 shares. And your current shares are a pound a share. Okay. Yeah. Now, I hear that next week, Dan might be coming in the show. And Dan's pissed off about something. So he's about to say something outrageous. <laughs> right? Yeah. Outrageous. The council culture are gonna go for his neck. Right. Right? So I suspect that your stocks or your share price is gonna fall as a result of what Dan's about to say. Okay. So what I do is I'm gonna take a short bet. Okay. That's shorting. And I'm gonna go to my stockbroker and say, look, I think, I suspect, I don't know for sure, but I think that. The shares in Chucky Limited are gonna fall from a pound a share to 50p a share, okay? So I'm gonna borrow 100 shares at 100 pounds because that's what they're currently worth now. I'm gonna borrow that from my stockbroker. I'm gonna to have to pay fees for it. Remember, I don't own anything in your company, by the way. I've gone to my stockbroker to borrow it. Mm-hmm. I might pay fees on it. Um, if the shares pay dividends, I might have to cover that. So there's some sort of, you know, formalities yeah, I have yeah, to sort out. Yeah. I borrowed 100 shares and I sell it for 100 pounds today. Okay, so you take the I shares got, from him. I borrow it. I sell it yeah. today. A hundred pounds. So I've banked that. I might have to put some money aside, you know, for margin calls and contingencies if the markets, you know, were to be volatile a bit. But let's can just I, say. Can yeah. I stop quickly as well?
1: Mm. Once you borrow the, yeah. all the shares from him. Yeah. Is he, he's not able to...
0: No, no, he doesn't know anything about this. He's, oh, he he, he's just a, a general happy-go-lucky oh, okay. investor. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's happy, right? So, okay, so someone's taking borrowed, it. So, uh. the stockbrokers allowed me to effectively borrow stock. Wow. Right? So, I've borrowed the stock and I've sold it. So, I've banked £100 today, okay? When Dan comes on the show, he comes out with the most outrageous thing ever, right? Mm. And as I predicted, everyone's outraged. Everyone's after him. Your share surprise falls to 50p a share instead yes. of a pound so now those hundred shares are only worth 50 pounds rather than 100 pounds right. so what i do is i go back in the market and buy those hundred shares for 50 pounds but remember i banked 100 yes. so now i've got 50 pound profit right so i return that 50 back to you yeah i've got 50 less any costs etc i'm off right. that's a short position i've made my money i'm gone yeah. okay however instead of dan coming onto the show he had another appointment he couldn't make it so instead um let's say you had a, a dm from chip and Stormzy together right. saying we want to come
1: on the show. Jesus crispy. We want to come Lord. on the show,
0: right? <laughs> so, all of a sudden, now you've got massive demand. They come on the show, they talk yeah, it Yeah, we out. put the Instagram pickups Every- oh, yeah, out yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. boom. You got the trailer. <laughs> Do
1: you get what I'm saying? We're all They're all standing in suits there. Now, yeah. everyone's in suits. They're standing there looking at each other. Oh it's shit, it's about to Oh, what's happening on so-
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Views through the roof. Right. Subscribers through the roof business is booming now.
1: So Finally, if you hit 100k subs now. Gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where were we way, now? Way, way through 90, 92. 92. Yeah, okay. like and subscribe on YouTube. Wave, you're
0: you're going to go way through that, right? right? So remember, I made a bet that your business was going to go down. So it was going to be worth 50p a share rather than a pound a share. But because of Chip and Stormzy's appearance, your share price has now doubled from a pound to two pounds. So that hundred pounds Big worth bang. of shares is now worth 200. Right. So nice when I see. go back... To buy those shares remember i've only banked 100 yeah now i owe another 100 to return that stock yes that's basically what happened with GameStop. so you've got hedge fund managers who take short positions on companies that are failing
1: right
0: if they do fail as predicted they make big bank
1: right.
0: what happened was you've got a group of people on reddit yes. called wall street bets who looked at the trades and thought hmm these hedge funds are screwing over these companies <laughs> right and what's a short betters' worst nightmare is that the price goes up rather right, than right, down. down. So there's about 2.1 million of those investors in that group. They all agreed to go and buy shares in GameStop,
1: and the price went up.
0: Went up. Except this wasn't a pound that we're talking about, hundred pounds. No, we're yeah, talking up, billions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of the bet- percentage
1: wise, what? Well, when the stock 400 like
0: percent. The stock was trading, you know, last year around ten dollars a share, Right. and it was at three hundred and something dollars <laughs> a share, you mm. know, as of last week. So if you look at the losses, that's the problem with short betting. You could have infinite losses. Because the minute that it goes against you, you're having to return the stock you've bought at whatever the current value is. That was basically what the whole GameStop situation was about. So the anger is that, you know, there's a platform called Robinhood, which was a platform, again, that gives access to the wider market who people can invest in stocks. They limited how many people could actually buy stocks once they got to a certain point. And so people are accusing them that oh hang on a second you've been persuaded by all the wall street guys to stop allowing people to buy stock because the more people bought stock the price really just kept climbing Mm -hmm. the hedge funds and the bankers would have kept losing money So people are outraged saying ah what's going on here but look fundamentally for me i'm not here to argue the moral ground on this because the truth is there's a lot of self-interest in all of this Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and like i said it's all based on speculation and people are saying well why isn't the common man allowed to use the same tactics that the wall street bankers have been using forever years yeah fundamentally gamestop was failing or it wasn't doing very well what you've done here doesn't necessarily mean that the business is now going to survive. Right. You've just inflated a value. Yeah. Right? But is it actually good for the long-term you know, prospects of this company? Yeah. And now it's tanking again and it's not going to really be sustained, is it? So yeah. I think I get their point, but there are certain ways of doing it. Don't get me wrong, Wall Street lost a lot of money. money. Yeah, they yeah. did. They would have been pissed. Yeah, they, they did. And now they're saying, oh, there might have been foreign influences involved and you know, it could be oh. Russia or it could be whoever because they can't take that sort of L. Yeah,
1: yeah. So is it a sort they're on a sore losers thing at the moment? Oh, 100%. 100%. But in the long in the long term, yeah. they'll won't they probably just win the war because ultimately that this is something that they're invested in. It's, Whereas- re- it's regulation. Ultimately, that's
0: what it come down to. You know, the, the you have to think about you know these hedge funds. They've been around for a while. They control the game. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely an uprising now because what's happened with GameStop just shows you just how easily you can manipulate something. Of course. And like you were saying before about market manipulation, if that's what these you know heads of institutions have been doing, then it's just been role reversed. Wow. You know, like how I've turned up in a, in a jacket and you guys are wearing suits. It's just, <laughs> yes. it's just role reversed, yeah. right? So I'm the banker on Wall Street today who's, who's hanging my head in shame. And I think we have to be aware that that can happen for good, but it can also happen for bad. And ultimately mm. who suffers at the end here? That you know, if you're just inflating a company's value temporarily and it's not actually going to be sustained, then what's the benefit of that? Mm-hmm. You know? So, so, yeah, I think it's, we've entered a new, a, new,
1: a new world, really. Definitely. How, how long do you think it's going to be like this, though? How long do you feel... Because right now, a lot mm. of people are talking about trading, talking about uh, cryptocurrency, yeah. and talking about all of these type of things. Yeah. Um, how long do you think that this will last for? Do you feel like this is a conversation that will continue going on for years to come? Or do you feel like people will drop out? And also, is it, is, is it a good thing? Is it a good thing that there's so much people that are... Like, I mean, we've talked about the negative, and we all know, sure. We, I'm, I'm <clears throat> sure that people understand, yep. like, the consequences of what can happen with this year. Mm. But, like, is it, it, could it be a problem that maybe too much people are getting involved in this or not really?
0: No, I, I don't think, I don't think there's a problem with too many people getting involved. I mean, like I said previously, this was reserved for the elite, you know, yeah. investing stocks and all that it was only something that you did if you were in a particular, you know, part of society there's nothing wrong with the common person now also understanding how the markets work. I just think you have to understand that those people at the upper end of society have more bank to lose and what you're playing around with might be all you've got. And so, you know, understand it by all means, enter the market by all means, but just do it according to your level and make sure that you count to all those principles we talked about. What's your risk appetite? How much money can you afford to Mm -hmm. lose? You know, I think I'm happy that people are now more informed about the stocks and more informed about finances because It means that we can break out of that poverty premium I was talking about earlier on. That we, you know, we're improving our prospects by being more financially educated. Mm. That's not a bad thing. No. But equally, don't be driven, you know, they're calling it meme stocks now. I mean, (laughs) I get it. Yes, it was driven up by memes. Mm. But... There's, there's a seriousness to this. Like you said, are you doing your research? Are you really understanding that where you're putting your money is the place for you to put your money? If you're not putting any money into it and just contributing to the memes, okay, fine. You know, you're not causing any harm to yourself, but somebody else is watching that and thinking, oh yeah, because you know, Twitter's all going crazy about this, I'm gonna go and put my money in it. But the fact that we're all now being more aware of what the markets are actually doing, it's a good thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Wicked, all right. Um, moving off this just a tiny bit. Mm. Um, is, for people who do have a little bit of money, um, is gold a good place to put their money now? So you, gold
0: gold rallied a bit last year. Yeah. Um, and the price was soaring as soon as lockdown sort of happened because stock markets went down for a bit. Um, and whenever that happens, historically, People look for commodities because they think, right, I need to put some money somewhere safe. Again, it goes back to the fact that stock markets is based on speculation, and it could go up one day, down the other. And people are thinking, where's the safe money?
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I read at the beginning of lockdown there was a few like very big trusts that decided to put like three percent of their assets or like some
0: percentage, mm-hmm. which amounts to like millions, mm-hmm. into like gold and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So p- people are looking for commodities, people are looking for a safe bet whenever there's turbulence in the market. I think it rallied up until August where it hit its peak and then it's sort of come down a bit since because the markets have recovered so a lot of the time it's sort of offsetting each other a bit of you know what's doing better is it commodities or is it you know just strictly stocks and shares Um, is it a safe place to put your money I think gold has an intrinsic value it's been around longer than us and I think it'll be around here longer than us yeah yeah. Um, it's again it's part of diversification you know do you put all your money into gold bars? probably not no because it's not very liquid <laughs> and, yeah, you know, yeah. and you have you have to need ha- it you, yeah,
1: it's hard to just you can't just chop a piece of it off tomorrow you, you can, and just you can melt it down but, yeah, you you can can yeah, melt but down. there's a big process in that nah, you know what I'm, I'm saying <laughs> no, but i think it's about having everything in
0: balance um yeah. and it's, it's as a part of diversification why not you know yeah, yeah. commodities are always
1: going to be something that are in demand I've, yeah diversification that's good i'm glad you mentioned that, actually because i think that like if you if you are saving a bit you are saving a bit Yeah. then there probably isn't any harm looking at you know a place that you can and with gold in particular I mean we, you know if you if you look at like having money in a savings account or whatever mm. you don't plan to do anything with this money for a long period of time yeah um, you know what is the on average what is the interest that you're going to get on that money really you might get zero as
0: cash deposit nowadays pretty much nothing nothing do you get what I'm saying
1: you put this you put something like that maybe in gold and Mm. you would think that not 100% but you'd Mm. think that you know what like with possible inflation and all of these different types of things gold is still going to be able to hold if not you understand what I'm saying
0: yeah I mean I think the good thing at the moment is that inflation levels are low so the inflation as of December was only 0.6% in the UK so if you're saving money as a rule in the first principles try and at least beat inflation because if you beat inflation that means the buying power of your money at least remains as strong as it is today so at 0.6%, that's what you have to try and beat, basically. So whether you're putting your money into an ISA, whether it's index linked or just cash backed, then you, know, you have to try and find a vehicle that's going to bring you bigger returns than that at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, commodities, like I said, they've been around before us and will be here after us, really. So yeah. it's, it's always something that, as I said, diversification, as part of a balanced portfolio, it's not a bad thing.
1: Are you able to um, talk a little bit about um, some of the things that some of your clients have looked into investing in?
0: yeah so i mean i think there is there is a there's an array of things that people you know want to put their money into but i guess it's a question about what you want exposure to but also how much money you've got to put at it Um, i think that's a major difference because you know there are certain assets that are available if you've got the bank to kind of back it Um, i think you know people are looking at alternative investments for sure i think stock markets not everybody is interested in the stock market Mm. but i know somebody last week who put 30 million into the stock market and that's for their own cash and you know this is somebody who's a business owner and they've taken risk all their lives in one industry and they want to de-risk from that industry a bit and actually diversify right so they look at another asset class um but even things like medicinal cannabis now is right. something that is becoming a hot topic i mean I've been speaking about it for a while in terms of, you know, people that I know who've been looking at it trying to buy farms and get licenses to be able to produce this stuff. But again, that, you know, is a punt that you might take now And that's, once that's that actually a punt okay. I took that. Go. I
1: um I was looking at I was looking at I just feel like I this is just my by the way, I'm not telling anyone to do this. Mm. This is just something that I've thought myself. Sure. Yeah. So I just thought in in however long, maybe a few years or whatnot, like yeah. cannabis is going to become even more big business than, than it already is, mm-hmm. yeah. And I came across this company that um, they are a they basically they are real estate for um, legal um, or licensed cannabis um, owners. So what they do is in America, they basically buy property or lease property two people that have um a license to grow cannabis and stuff like that right right? so in america there's a a few states where um smoke like cannabis is legal yeah Mm. at a point i believe that um you know if not if not all of the states a large majority of them is going to maybe become receptive to that Mm. and not only that but but various parts of the world Mm. and i felt like when i was doing a lot of research into this company they're like there's like they don't have no competition really. They're in a re- very good space at the moment, yeah? Mm. And they have like loads of different properties and stuff like that, in which they like grow cannabis and that. And I just thought, you know what? Maybe this is a good, in terms of the cannabis side of things, has like, they got good prospect. And you know what? Maybe if it doesn't work out, they might have all of these properties that they can do other things with. Do you get mm. what I'm saying? But they are in a position where not only can they um continue to build um, state side mm-hmm. but they can continue to 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 build globally providing if these spaces or th- different countries and stuff like that are yeah. receptive <clears throat> to that so that was a long term thing for me though yeah. because that's not a thing that I <clears throat> feel is going to come through overnight overnight again it's an alternative investment
0: isn't it yeah, yeah uh, definitely th- there's definitely a case for it now around the whole medicinal use and, you know, Canada's way ahead in terms of, you know, their sort of acceptance with it. Once that rolls out to wider populations and, you know, wider um, countries, then that's obviously going to become something that's going to drive a demand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So people are looking at stuff like that. And and like I said, sometimes the cyclical type of businesses, you know, the the house builders and, you know, things like that are still popular property. Wow. you know yeah, believe yeah. it or not people are still putting money into property because you know you're always going to need somewhere to live right you're always going to need a roof over <laughs> yeah, your head yeah. whether you like whether it's a pandemic or no pandemic you're going to need a roof over your head yeah. um so i think it, it's stuff like that but also trying to think about what's the next amazon what's the next tesla yeah. yeah. Uh, renewable energy looking at those type of spaces um there's, a, there's such a wide range really and i think it all comes down to individuals i think the thing about my clients or people that i talk to is A lot of the time is all individual based on what they're trying to achieve and they don't really listen to what other people are doing. Every time I have a phone call, it's never, oh, I've heard someone's doing this. It's actually, I've spoken to these people who've talked about this contract and that contract, so they're all doing their due diligence constantly. And if you're doing your due diligence constantly, if you're having these conversations, you're going to be picking up on new things that... So for me, I don't need to pick up the the financial time sometimes because Mm. I know what's happening on the ground. Right? I know the house builders who are telling me that things are booming in their space because right, in the right. last couple of months I've personally financed more transactions in the last say three weeks than I did for maybe four or five months last year right. so I know what's happening on the market despite the doom and gloom that you know, people might paint around if you look at the economic situation a lot of people put off buying homes last year yeah. they're waiting for a crash apparently well, the average house price last year rose by seven and a half percent. So okay. people so. Are waiting for a crash <laughs> right. in London. That's yeah, that, maybe closer that to nine. An <laughs> question, that, yeah. In London, that's probably nine percent. You okay. know, if you look at that. So you know, a lot of people are procrastinating. That oh, you know, the property is definitely going to crash because of furlough and you know because of the pandemic and, and whatever else. Yes, I get there's an element to that, but don't forget the market froze for a bit. And the demand only went up because people were cramped in their houses thinking, nope, I definitely need to move. And when the market reopened, Stamp Duty kicked in with the holiday. All right? right. So Stamp Duty just forced so many people who were perhaps sitting on the fence to buy, well, if I'm going to save fifteen thousand pounds up to half a million pounds, might as well then, jump I'm, in. I'm, I'm jump might as well in. jump in, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so I think a lot of people have come back to the market. Yeah. Uh, and I see that continuing. And obviously, the stamp duty holiday ends uh, at the end of March. Right. So Talk if you're that. if you're if you haven't yet bought a property, to be honest with you, a lot of solicitors who do conveyance and I've spoken to have said that if you haven't already started the process you're unlikely to complete a purchase between now and the end of march because they're so busy
1: yeah of course
0: so you've kind of missed the boat you yeah, yeah, <laughs> know yeah, yeah, i mean I um and there's no there's no incentive at the moment for them for the government to extend the stamp duty to holiday because that's technically a revenue stream for them and they're not in a great place at the moment as it is. They've had to borrow, you know, yeah, yeah. billions so of So anywhere that to... they can try to
1: recoup again,
0: they're going to recoup gonna it wanna... again. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know I mean? It served its purpose as in it stimulated the market to go again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, so a lot of people were sitting on their hands thinking, oh, do I buy a property? Do I not buy a property? Well, the averages went up um, mm-hmm. and the demand, even rents went up last year, if you look at rents. So I think the demand for living spaces is something that's always going to continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously furlough ends at the end of April. So that's going to bring a new complication into things because, okay, once that officially ends, bearing in mind at every stage, the government have extended it, but when they stop extending it, are we then going to see the real impact of people who've got mm-hmm. no income? And will unemployment rise? Because you know at the moment, um, unemployment is about 1.7 million. And that accounts for about, say, 5% of all the economically active um, citizens. So anyone over the age of 16 who's eligible to work, et cetera. Wow once the you know, furlough ends, will that figure rise? Probably will. Uh, and what effect will that then have in terms of people's abilities to sustain their mortgage payments or rent or, or things like that? So yes, I think there are more variables to be determined, but for those who are just sitting there waiting for a crash to come, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be imminent. There could be something else that we haven't seen that might knock it sideways, yeah, but yeah, yeah. as it stands, house builders are busy yeah, and, it's still and, 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 the, and the properties are, are going.
1: Well, I guess it kind of goes to, because when we were talking um, texting and stuff like that, something that you brought up to me was like the future of self-employed um, mm. to the employed. Talk a little bit about, about that.
0: Well, I think, look, if you look at where the journey we've been on in the last year, being self-employed for a lot of people has been a challenge, but equally has been perhaps more rewarding than those who are employed. Because those who are self-employed, if you're in the right space, you have found ways to make more money than you've ever made before. Right. Um, and the challenge has always been about people becoming self-made and I want to be my own boss and I want to be my own industry. I think the UK saw a massive amount of new companies registered last year, despite the fact that we're going through a pandemic. Um, I think there was about 600,000 new companies registered last year uh, or between 2019 and 2020. Um, and there are about 4 million companies altogether that are registered in the UK. So the amount of entrepreneurs is quite, it's, it's quite a lot. What I find interesting about that though, is if you look at the average age of a company is now, about 8.7 years. So historically people were setting up businesses for the long run, right? Mm -hmm. Family owned companies, 20, 30, 40 years in the family. Whereas what it shows me now is that actually people are setting up businesses for the immediate purpose. So for example, when COVID hit, Mm -hmm. people were buying sanitizers, Mm -hmm. that was their business. Once COVID's gone- I know someone who hit the belly with that. You told, thing, me, that's, right? yeah, you told me that story yeah. when I was last year, right? But once that's no longer in fashion, well, that business is yeah, it, right? it's done. It's, it's done. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like a lot of people now, and we are in a disposable economy at the moment. People just sort of, you know, there's a hype one day it dies down the next day so I think the nature of business is changing it's moving faster than, than it ever ha- has done right. so you know the lifespan of businesses are shorter but people are making crazy money in a short space of time whereas before it would take somebody 20 years yes. to make a million whereas Definitely. now if you're in the right place because of you know the internet really you can reach a much bigger market than you could you could ever have done before so people are able to make much bigger amounts in much shorter spaces of time. So as a result of the time, I think that's appealing now to people becoming entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or that's appealing to people becoming self-employed, but it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be successful at it. I just think that at the moment, people who are employed are sitting at home, being restricted to Zoom calls all day, every day, and they feel a bit restricted, Mm. you know, because before when they were out and about, they could add a bit of, you know, Symmetry to their day. Now it's just you're staring at a computer all day long and you're sort of yeah. procrastinating about your life. Whereas, you know, people becoming self made or finding side hustles, they're now trying to convert those side hustles into their main hustles. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, you know, the number of companies being registered last year was no surprise. I think a lot of people, like you said, had time on their hands to sit around and think, what can, what I, can do? I do? Yeah, yeah. And so
1: I think that pattern is going to continue, right. quite frankly. Um, do you know what? So I know you might be doing a bit of work there as well. Yeah. Oh, well. Could you go on the Instagram? And yes. go live just for a few minutes. If anyone wants questions, they can do it quickly. Sure, if, sure, if it sure. if it won't hurt you, if it does, don't worry about it. No, no, I'll do that. Sorry. Um, what was I going to say to you? All oh, right. Someone actually asked. Mm. was talking about business and stuff as well. Yeah, where yeah. they were saying that. Um, w- at what point should they be paying themselves from their own business? I think the exact question was: At what point should you start paying yourself? Yeah. At what mm. point should you start paying yourself from your own business? So say? I think I think that question really depends on
0: how much money you need to live on. Because when you when you're in business as an entrepreneur, you should really be thinking about ways to maximize the money you make from your business. And depending on how much income you earn, personal tax is higher than corporate tax. Yeah. So if you're earning let's say I don't know 200,000 pounds a year rather than taking out as income on PAYE you might choose to split it across dividends and PAYE just right. to sort of try and at least balance some of those tax pressures but if you for example start a business and you loan your business money a director's loan you can then take that money out of the business tax free okay right if you charge the business interest for the money you've earned then you have to pay tax on the interest but in terms of the loan you've given your company that can be taken out free without any tax because effectively you're just taking the loan you gave to the business back out Um, so I think it's really a combination of trying to think about you know how much do you need to survive on because you know I've got people who have crazy businesses with massive turnovers massive net profits massive cash in the business massive reserved um, earnings but they take out very minimal income yeah. because they might have buy-to-lets or other things that produce income on the side which covers their day-to-day costs and expenses right. and a lot of the time as well people put a lot of expenses through their business Yeah, yeah. as a result they don't need to take out that much income so if you are, you know, in the creative industry and, you know, whenever you go on holiday that's classed as a business expenses because you need to go and create content, yeah. then actually the 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 lines between personal and business blurs a bit and I know accountants tear out their hair over this because yeah, sometimes
1: yeah. they look at you you probably You know my accountant's funny actually because one of the things that I like what my accountant does is Yeah. He'll tell me like what he'll say to me so for example, yeah. Like, if you're claiming on this, yeah. it has to be because of X, <laughs> Y, and Z, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So then I'm like, yeah, I hear that still. <laughs> so he'll then leave it up to me to yeah. then say, is it that or yeah, is it that. not that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah? Am I gonna be honest or am I not it's, gonna be honest? It's the moral question, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? <And> that's yeah. <laughs> what I mean,
0: it, it comes down to that because yeah. there are certain items that you present at the end of the year um, and it's questionable. Like, yeah, oh, Like he hits can, me and I like, I like? he's <laughs> like, what is,
1: what's that? bro there's been a couple of things that I've like even this time when I was um this year when i was I'm um, doing my, my tax on that, yeah and he's hit me and he's like <laughs> he's got a spreadsheet of like a bunch of things in it, like what is that and what and bro, I couldn't even remember <laughs> and then he kept saying to me like obviously, if it was for this, yeah. then it can be, and then we'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, it or yeah, whatever, yeah. So, so then it was up to me on whether I was going to be I know, think yeah. as any every business
0: owner needs a good accountant yeah definitely. Uh, because it helps with those conversations to definitely. really make sure that you're planning tax efficiently in terms of the money you take out the business what you leave in there and then what you account for what
1: yeah absolutely um oh yeah i got a real funny one um someone messaged me and said yeah you're gonna like this one he messaged me and said he said i'm 13 and i have a 100 pounds what should i invest it in <laughs> Do you know I think firstly right um, he's um, obviously been on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> he's, he's, and he's, seen, he's seen the GameStop it, yeah, yeah. I think
0: firstly to have a 13 year old listen to the show Sensational. is incredible like I said at the start I wish I had someone to give me the perspective when I was growing up to make yeah. the right financial choices at the age of 13 of 100 pounds the best thing to invest in is yourself really increase your mental capacity learn as much as you can about the economy pick up a book my first economic book whatever learn about what people are talking about when they're you know, discussing things like APR and interest rates and you know, looking at GDP and all these things that you hear in the news but you, know, you think it has no meaning to you right. learn as much as you can read as much as you can so that when you do start making some real money you're already getting off to the right step Right, and then it's not sort of retrospective oh man I wish I knew this you're at the perfect age and if you're tuning into these conversations already then that's amazing but with £100 invest in yourself buy some books download some books or just keep the £100 and information is free online yeah yeah right. keep your £100 and learn as much as you can and find ways that you know you can prepare yourself when you start earning money
1: right it, yo we're on the ground by the way if you want a question I'll do maybe one or two or something like that because we've got to go now yeah so if you want then quickly just fling one yeah um I just wanted to end it on because we've done this a little bit before just a tad bit but um you know some people well quite a lot of people ask me to ask you just about like how they get into a career of finance like how do yeah. what what would you what would you advise
0: Um so I think there, there are several routes of getting into finance whether it's a graduate scheme apprenticeship scheme um there are various organizations now who work with social mobility so that's helping people from um, sort of disadvantaged backgrounds access, you know, the city effectively. So loads of schemes that you can you can be a part of. Uh, I think recently, in response to the Black Lives Matter movement, there was something called the 100 Black Interns, which was helping get young black individuals into uh, corporations and organisations or there is just literally going through the front door as everybody else you know, does who doesn't fit into those categories. I think it depends on where you are and the trajectory as well. If you're at uni or you're not going to uni or you've already graduated and you know, you're trying to just navigate into banking. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got any experience, you're probably going to have to start from a clerical grade or you know, probably a position that you're going to have to work your way up. Right. Um, I think the nature of banking is changing. The nature of the finance industry is changing. And you have to just think about how you can ad- add value to any organisation that you're going to be a part of what are the skills that employees are looking for now? I think it's people who can think ahead, people who are technically enabled. You know, we, we, they don't want dinosaurs anymore. They want people who are going to be the next sort of market leaders in terms of tech and where the future is going in that sense. How do you apply that to finance? How do you apply that to banking? Um, you know, they want people who are going to think different. I think diversity is a big thing now uh, because of everything that's happening in the world. So actually it's, it's not a bad time for people who, are, who have perhaps maybe historically been denied access to these uh, these tables to actually enter those tables because every organisation now has it on their top list to make sure that their workforce is diverse so that it represents the communities that they serve. So I think it's just, you know it's a combination of things, whether, like I said, grad schemes, internships, whether it's you know those social mobility type of organisations that can help you get in, or just finding roles and, and applying through them or going through a recruitment company, for example.
1: Sick. Um, do you remember any? Um, does, I've got one by a few different people. This is probably more of a question for you. Um, where would you find like books or reading material for like financial
0: advice or just finances in in general? People look to invest. It seems like. Um, so where where do you find books? I mean, I think you can go Amazon. You can. I was going to say you can go on Amazon, uh, and type in. You know, I think there are lots of blogs that will give you top 10 books in investing or top 10 books on this topic or that topic right. I think you just have to sometimes do a bit of digging around as well and I've not known any one particular place where there's an infinite list of books for people to, to go and download or read I think you have to do a bit of digging and a bit of searching to Definitely. find them uh, but start with Amazon and get reviews I mean reviews mm. are a big thing right it kind uh-huh. of tells you if people have benefited from books or they haven't
1: yeah exactly alright well bro um, pass me this actually just before we go out that I do want everyone to know that oh. <laughs> out here as well. yeah please yeah listen yes, 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 okay. yes, you guys,
0: guys
1: have... uh, <laughs> alright cool uh, bro again like I massively appreciate you coming Pleasure. down appreciate giving it. us some insight and stuff like that I just, you don't understand how much I appreciate it bro like seriously um, it's good to just have brothers like you that come and are doing what you're doing and coming and speaking to this audience do you get what I'm saying so um, again We'll link up again, for you sure. know, with some months going by and for whatnot. And, um, and we'll do that. I also want to say, as well, just to end here, is that, like, um, regardless of what you've heard, please just do your own research. Yeah. Do your re- <laughs> own research on everything. It's yeah. so important to do that. Don't just take everything for face value or whatnot. Do your own research and, um, and yeah, and just try to be as smart as, as you possibly can. Any last thoughts, bro?
0: Well said, I just, like I said, you know, for anybody out there, you're not alone. We're all in this together. Right. Keep your head up, don't give up. And we'll come
1: out of this. Um, I didn't tell you this before, but what I do is at the end of every episode, mm. I always say to everyone, like, what is the one thing that people need to know or hear about? So it could be anything, it could be a song, yeah. it could be a book, it could be a brand, it could be like literally anything. It could be like the last thing that you saw, the last thing that you read, like the la- anything, a TV show, literally anything. What is the one thing that comes to mind now that you think that um, people may need to know about? Immediately for me, I've just finished reading Obama's book. Oh, sick. Uh,
0: and I'm not technically into politics, but yeah. it was an incredible journey just to kind of understand the rise of the first black American president mm-hmm. um, and all the intricacies and all, and all the kind of politics that goes around decision-making. I think it kind of helps put things into perspective that sometimes we think because we 're in a certain position we should be able to demand and request things, but reading that book really just helps me to understand that we shouldn 't be so um, expecting on things to happen that perhaps mm. sometimes even if you 're in a situation it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get the outcomes that you're after. Yeah. So it really just put things into perspective for me, but you know Obama's book, it was what, 600 pages? But okay. I loved it. Right. <laughs> it was one of those that you the, pick up yeah, and yeah, you keep going, man, yeah, so that's, yeah. yeah really I'm
1: gonna cool. say, um, I'm actually currently reading a book um, called um, Intelligent Investor by um, Benjamin Graham, and it's really good. Mm. And it's about 500 and something pages, yeah? yeah? I'm not a certified book reader like that, mm. but I have found a strategy that works for me and it might work for you if you're not I mean I say I'm not a certified book reader <clears throat> and you go in my yard now and I've got a bag of books <laughs> that I've read and I'm happy about it now. Yeah, I'm like right course. look at me yeah, 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 yeah look at me yeah, yeah couple yeah, books yeah, yeah. and that Love and I've that. read them yeah <laughs> but because this is the like longest book I've I think I've ever read what I have done is I looked at how many pages there were so it's mm-hmm. like 500 and something pages yeah mm-hmm. and then I tried to divide it by how like in the time frame I want to read it in so I thought you know what let me see if I can read this book within like 3 weeks or something like that. Mm. So all I did was I just took the number of pages divided it by um, 3 weeks and then however many pages that was a day I would just set that time aside and just and read those and then it it makes it easier to get through. Yeah, um, so yeah hopefully if you're not a certified book reader but you want to get into something and you and you might even like reading you might even like write, reading books but you just For whatever reason, Mm. don't finish them or whatnot. Mm. I feel like that might be an easy way, easier way to do that. Strategy. Yeah, man. Well, listen, love and guidance, everyone. Urban Financer, thanks again, my bro. And we'll be back very soon. Love. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods